Welcome to our Bible class in Titus chapter 2 this time. This is Paul's letter to Titus. Paul was not writing simply from his own mind, however. He was writing as, verse 1 says, an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth. That's what we're able to gain from our study of Titus, an accurate knowledge of the truth. Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Bondservants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. I have made this statement many times through the years, and have encountered no disagreement at all. Here's the statement. No matter who you are, or at what age or station in life, God's Word supplies instruction you need. May I say that again? No matter where you are in terms of age or station in life, no matter, the Word of God supplies instruction you need. Male, female, young, old, new Christian, experienced Christian, no matter your situation, location, family relationship, or anything. If you will open God's Word, read it and take it seriously, absorb it and apply it, God will be pleased, Christ will be served, and you will be living the best kind of life you can here and being ready for heaven. Now, Titus, as an evangelist, had this task of teaching what accords with sound doctrine, that is, truth revealed from God through the apostles that we have in the New Testament. Titus was to teach that 
with such consistency and balance, everyone would be trained in good sound living, no matter their age or station in life. So let's start our study of this with older men in verse 3, who were taught here to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Recently, we were back in Titus chapter 1, looking through the qualifications of elders, and no surprise, here we discover same uh, some of those same qualities of character. This is what a good older man looks like in his conduct, his demeanor, his relationship with people. Sober-minded means he has a good, clear, godly thought process. He doesn't let just anything into his mind. He avoids intrusive, ungodly thoughts that would lead him into folly. He is sober, not just in abstinence from intoxication, but anything that would dull his spiritual senses, his thinking, his responses. This is a good, deliberate thinker. Dignified has to do with propriety. He acts his age. He knows he is a carrier of faith, the faith of God's elect. Self-control is the outcome of being sober-minded and dignified. This man isn't corrupted by sudden impulses. Sound in faith means he got his faith from the right source, God's word, and he nourishes his faith from that same source. In love describes this older man in his dealings with both God and people here on earth. He practices what the Bible teaches about love. In steadfastness, that has to do with this older man's consistency, his balance. He is dependable in his faithfulness to God and to people. Titus chapter 2 verse 2 is a character portrait of older Christian men. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, workers at home, kind, submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. So in verses 3 through 5, older women and younger women. First, the senior of the two, older women are to be reverent in behavior. Reverence has to do with one's attitude toward God not just in thought and word, but here in behavior. Respect for God should be seen in older Christian women, a visible indication of where their heart is. Not slanderers obviously concerns avoiding speech or talk that is destructive to people unnecessarily, 
like gossip and tale-bearing. Older women are not to be slaves to much wine. I believe it is clear all through Scripture that people with upright character avoid intoxication. This was said of elders and deacons and their wives. It is also captured for all of us in that word, sober, and its companion, self-controlled. Next, they are to teach what is good. Older women are charged to be teachers of what is good to the younger sisters. This is done primarily by your life. It can be done in a formal class or in conversational settings or in correspondence or one-on-one, -on -one. but primarily the older teach the younger through their conduct and that influence. Verse 3, therefore, is the character portrait of the older Christian lady. To younger women, these instructions need attention. Love your husband and children. This is that love that imitates God's nature, that is giving and sacrificial and consistent and always active. Young Christian women need to have this solid priority, loving their husbands and their children based on their love for God. Verse 5, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Self-control, again, not subject to sudden impulses that corrupt you. Pure has to do with your sincere desire to be right with God in every way and be true to all your promises, morally clean and upright. Working at home has to do with the responsibilities that pertain to the home that women are suited to respond to. Kindness should be a visible trait in young Christian women who are submissive to their husbands. And if these marks of godly character are ignored, what happens is the word of God may be reviled. I'll tell you this, people in the world can spot hypocrites a mile away. So when we profess our allegiance to God, but do not live it, the word of God may be reviled. We may be giving the devil and his ministers an advertising campaign. Young men are next. And in verse six, there is again, self-control. I'll repeat, that's about not being defeated by sudden impulses or temptation, steady expression of faith, balance and commitment that is consistent. Verse seven, two young men, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching, show integrity, dignity. I think there is a phrase there that may be overlooked, but I want to stress it, in all respects. I think that speaks of wholeness and balance. There are some people who are strong and zealous in one area, 
but in another area that needs good attention before God, other duties, they are indifferent. A devoted Christian will seek to be steadfast and committed to learning and doing all the will of God, active and fervent in all respects, a model of good works. Young men here, a model of good works that concerns what people see in you, what God obviously sees. Your example and influence show or display the good works God has given for his people to do. And in your teaching show integrity, dignity. Young men who teach or preach ought to do so not casually or flippantly, not unprepared, but with seriousness about the task, integrity and dignity. Verse 8, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. What comes out of a young man's mouth or from his keyboard ought to send only messages and impressions that accord with sound doctrine and godly thought. If a young Christian man doesn't follow this and speaks what isn't in keeping with his profession as a Christian, he gives the enemy the advantage. Our speech should be under such good control, such good thought. Those who oppose Christians are put to shame by our good record of speech so that they have nothing evil to say about us. We do not want to give evidence to those who oppose the gospel. Verses 9 and 10. Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. Here's something we talk about at various places in the Bible, uh, in 1 Timothy and Philemon and in other places. The kind of slavery that existed in the time of Paul and Titus was not like the enslavement of the Jewish people by the Nazis or pre-Civil War era slavery. That's not the context of what Paul is writing about here. It was mostly domestic service and sometimes by contract that may have been harsh or unjust in some cases, or it may have been good, depending on the master. We can make authentic application of this to our employee-employer relationship. And notice these things that would apply in any time frame, any culture, not pilfering. You know what we call this employee theft. Video cameras have helped in recent years. However, for the Christian, camera or not, we ought to be people who are controlled by such integrity. Camera or not, we do not take what doesn't belong to us. Showing all good faith. It should be clear in this phrase, faith is active, therefore it is seen, visible, 
showing all good faith in speech, reactions, dealing with people. It should be apparent the young man's life is based on faith in Christ. Now, that last phrase in verse 10 is critical. So that in everything, they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. When people become acquainted with Christians, one response ought to be to respect the teaching we follow. Let me say that again. When people become acquainted with Christians, one response ought to be to respect the teaching we follow. Now, this may not happen commonly, but suppose someone becomes acquainted with you and they appreciate how your conduct is, how you conduct yourself, how you behave and react. And so they come to you and ask, where did you learn to live this way? And you say, I'm following the teaching of Christ. Now, what have you done by your conduct? You have adorned the doctrine of God. You've also fulfilled what the Lord said, letting your light shine among men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's Titus 2, 1 through 10. Some takeaways. The Bible has something to say to everyone, male, female, young, old, whatever your station or place in life. We were made by the Creator, and His written will is absolutely the best way to live and the best way to face death. This passage is really a good place for families to read and study. Parents can read this to their children and talk about the various parts of this good, simple instruction. I would highly recommend that you do that. Titus 2, 1 through 10. Thank you for being a part of this study.